Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. If you want interesting and entertaining debate on the Premier League and other English leagues, but from a show that doesn't take itself too seriously, then check out The Whistleblowers. It's a weekly football podcast hosted by me. I used to play football. Martin Gritton. Uh, Stand-up Mark Smith when he can. And music manager Gareth Dobson, who uh, always has plenty of good chat being a Spurs fan um we basically get football writers in to have a chat as well and we talk about the spoilers that matter in english football whether it's on the pitch or off it it's free to listen to itunes acast spotify and wherever else you get your podcasts uh, or you can download the whistleblowers app follow us on twitter at football podcast cheers Hello and welcome to Footballistically Arsenal. I am Boyd Hilton. Psychic Josh is there. Um, he's gone away for the weekend. Well, he's gone away for the night to Ascot, but he's still doing the podcast because he's dedicated. Hi, Josh. Yeah. Hi. I, I must admit, had we not won yesterday at Old Trafford, yeah. and had I not been thinking of all those times I've gone up the M1, sat in that away end, and felt like we've been robbed, or we've given away a crap penalty, or we've come away with a you know a defeat then maybe I'd have asked someone to step in tonight. But, and I remember it really well in 2006. It was a day before I started university. So I'd, I'd gone up to Leeds, dumped all my stuff at university, gone across to Manchester to watch Adebayor nick a, a late winner. And to think that was the last time we won at Old Trafford is incredible. So I had to be here for this joyous yeah. occasion. Beautiful. So you were there the last time we won away yeah. at Old Trafford. Amazing. Well, uh, and no, the other I, reason, go on. Well, we, we have to say that, you know, no one was there yesterday, Boyd. So I will no. still be in that select group of people. Yeah. Well, there were uh, some hacks. To say that. There was, Roy Keane was there, big time. We'll get <laughs> yeah. on to that later. We'll get on to that later. Um, the other reason, of course, you're doing the podcast, because we've got our favourite guest with us, Alex Brooker of Hello. The Last Leg fame. Hi, Alex. From his Huddersfield lair. Yeah. Uh, which we all saw on Friday night on the show, on the last leg, where you had to do it. Why did you have to do it from there? Explain. Because, uh, yeah, I came into contact with somebody who tested positive for COVID. So, um, yeah, I just had to, I've got to self-isolate for like two weeks now. Well, I'm out. I keep talking about the fact I'm out a week on Tuesday is when I'm allowed out again. But at the same time, I've got nowhere to go a week on Tuesday now. So I've just kind of just yeah. started my lockdown a few days earlier than everyone else. I've been able to ease into it um, since since last week. So... 
But filming is fine, isn't it? The TV industry is exempt, so you can resume your normal, presumably last leg studio appearances. Um, yes. Yeah. Once, once, once I'm uh, in the clear from uh, from lock uh, from well from the self isolation. Yeah. I, if they'll have me, although I'll tell you what, the, the <laughs> robot they the put me head on the robot on on Friday, and um, that was, we uh, say that was well, a lot yeah, funnier they... than most of the stuff I normally do in there. So I just. <laughs> Not true. I would have to say they stitched you up. They fucking stitched you up by putting a, a Spurs, a dummy in a Spurs shirt. I don't know if, if yeah. everyone saw it under your yeah. face, uh, but you brilliantly reposted. By did you? First of all, did you handwrite shit and an arrow in a few seconds live on the show? <laughs> I wrote shit. I just kind of looked at the screen. I thought I had some paper. I wrote it basically. I wrote it on the back of the script. Oh, <laughs> so I wrote uh, yeah, wrote shit and a little arrow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Which I was, I was very happy. I very rarely watch bits of the show back, but um, I watched uh, that bit back just to see how, how it looked on screen, make sure I got it all lined up okay. It was so, very good, very yeah. good thinking on your part. Very happy with that. Yeah. I did not like seeing that spur shirt underneath me. No, that was a disgrace. Um, more importantly, so we've got a brilliant, we've got the fact that we have, we won at, at Roll Chat for the first time since 2006. The first time we've um, beaten a big six team, sorry, 2000, what did I say? 2004. Is that right? 2006. No, no, you're right. 2006. First time we've beaten a big, a big six team away for 47 years, and um, <laughs> the first time well, Bamiyang scored in a, quite a few games. It's a, it's a, a load of firsts, Josh. Yeah, it, it was Man City in, in January 2015, I believe. I was in the away end at that one um, as well, and, and to think it's been as long as it, it has been. And there's been so many moments where we've come so close. I think about the trip to, to Wembley when we played against Spurs in the, in the league game as well, where we really should have won that. Um, and there's been so many other occasions. And just to have that monkey off the back, and you could see at the, the end where Aubameyang was asked about it, and, and like the, the players know, right? I mean, even players that were not there for the first couple of years of this period yeah. they they know so just psychologically to just especially maybe all the more so coming off a defeat where we were you know shouldn't you know arguably on paper have lost at home to Leicester then it just puts the belief back in there so quickly and that's that's quite exciting oh completely but Alex what do you think because it's interesting isn't it? if you think about it like we I mean we played brilliantly you know generally but we won the game basically because fucking Pogba had a little nibble at um at a hectare, yeah. didn't need to do. No, and we got he a penalty. He absolutely it, didn't. I, I think on the whole, like I was so impressed with us yesterday. Just the attitude from the off. We were so we really got at them, and it's the sort of thing that you kind of you want straight away. And uh, it was kind of first half. It was. It felt like it was going to be a case of the usual game where we've kind of created chances, missed them. Certainly it, it, after Leicester the other week. And we went in at halftime, nil-nil, should have been well ahead and ended up losing in the game. I'm sure that must have been playing on, on some of their minds. And the fact that we kind of, you know, OK, it was a penalty. And, yeah, look, I'm, I'm still slightly concerned that we miss, uh, you know, a few chances and we weren't that clinical. But I tell you what, it would do them the world of good because they deserved it. I, you know, I've looked, I'm not being overly optimistic when I think that probably last week, if the early goal was given, we'd have beat, I think we'd have probably beat Leicester. I don't think we'd have lost that yeah, game. Agreed. Yeah. And, you know, this week, the kind of the rub of the green, well, it's not rub of the green, it was a penalty. I was just, I was just so surprised 
Like this year, so much has surprised me. But Mike Dean giving us a penalty at yeah. Old oh, Trafford yeah. is one of the most. <laughs> even then, when it was a stonewall, I thought he ain't giving that. And then when he didn't give Gabriel the second yellow card, which again I thought I, first, I thought he was gonna. It was yeah. it was like I don't know. It was like he'd been visited by three ghosts in the night. It's like he's a different guy, and he was just, you know, he was at one point, he was, he was even smiling at El Nenny, and it's just like, what has happened? You know, have you ever seen the Grinch when his heart grows bigger at the end? It's like the end of that film. It was like, what's going on? It did feel like, I felt like years and years of Mike Dean unfairness, grotesque displays. <laughs> it, I mean, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, and I never think, uh, you know, by vo- but Mike Dean is the one, isn't he, that we're all like, oh, fucking, as soon as you hear Mike Dean is refereeing one of our games, particularly against like, a team like Man United, you're like, oh my God. It but it was incredible. Of, there was a couple of challenges, even early on, that he let go. Like, yeah. I thought um, yeah. Holding was going to get booked uh, before he did as well, and there was a couple of challenges where early on he kind of let the game go, and there's a few, like, you know, the other week in, in the Europa League against uh, Dundalk and even the game when we, we played uh, away. Who was it we played in the first game in, in Europa the other day? The first group game. Vienna. 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 So even the game against Vienna and Dundalk, like, the referees were really like kind of pernickety, weren't they? Yeah. Everything was yeah. kind of being blown up for a foul. And it was nice to see Ding kind of let it go. And, it, you know, it worked against us as well. You know, United got a chance when McTominay went right through, I think it was Lacazette early yeah. in the second half. So, do you know what? It was, yeah, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I didn't really have any complaints about him. No, but it was definitely well, a penalty. It's 100%. It was 100% penalty. penalty. Yeah, there's no that. But it was, you did get a classic moment of Mike Dean, like, demonstrative action, didn't you? With the photo of him pointing at the spot, like, gesticulating wildly. He's still a massive drama queen, isn't he? He loves it. He loves the attention. Yeah, even when the ball hit him, and yes. he kind of, we were on a break and he kind of stopped the play to give that back. It was like, normally I'd have thought he would have gone, ah, stop moaning. Stop yeah. your whinging. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But Josh, go, I was just going to ask to start going back back to the team selection. If you, um, if like me, when the team selection comes out, I always look at the Twitter reaction and particularly his choice of El Nenny um and uh holding just generally like people were like oh it seemed a bit too defensive people were moaning people were complaining the shaka was being dropped which i find quite funny and sabios uh being dropped but the el neni in particularly in particular that el neni um uh selection just proved to be a complete triumph doesn't it you have to give him arteta so much credit for that don't you because he was just brilliant he was so hard-working um, you know, the videos of him that right at the end asked to put out a clip in the 91st minute of him running around like a wild man, stopping every attack, like single handedly, like a Superman or something. You have to give huge credit because you, you've got a situation there where it, it for all extensive purposes, looked like El Nenny's time at Arsenal, you know, w- was done, but Arteta wasn't part of that decision process to, you know, ensure that he was left the club. So for him to come back and he's played a role, you know, around, around the team and, you know, Xhaka has been playing in different positions, hasn't he? We've seen him be part of even a, a back three and Arteta's obviously been bold. He had a game plan and, El Nenny was the absolute heart of it. I mean, would we have believed that six months ago we'd be sitting here talking about El Nenny being a man of the match away at Old Trafford in a, a Premier League game? It seems like we're in, you know, a 2020 has been a weird year, but that is up there, isn't it? Yeah. It's incredible, and, like, to him. And come also, back do you like, think that we, with, the, with El Nenny and, and Partey, it was brilliant as well. Yeah. Um, but it was with, with the pair of them. They just seem to get, they move it quicker. 
Yes. And like, I know there's always this big criticism of Xhaka because he's sideways and Ceballos and they kind of slow things down a bit. But yesterday, even when we had possession of the ball, El Nini and Party were so they move the ball a lot quicker. Their their movements seem to be yeah. they're just both a lot quicker. And I think that really helped us. And oh, completely, yeah. It's one of those things that I remember I was at the City game uh, the when we won in January twenty fifteen. Was that that one? Yeah. I was at that game, and I remember that was when Cockerland played an absolute blinder, wasn't it? And it was uh, kind yeah, of yeah. like it kind of played his way into importance within the team. And, and I think for Nenny, that certainly, you know, if he can maintain those standards, I really, you know, there's yeah. no reason why yeah. he should be dropped. And because he's, he wasn't only no, complete, yeah, he wasn't only like defensive, but there was also one point in 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 the middle of the second half. I don't you remember when uh, Martin Tyler? There was a bit of commentary that where my Tyler's going, Al Nenny driving Arsenal forward. It was like I never thought in a million years, like to, you know, a year ago, if you'd ever hear that line in a commentary, extraordinary that he's back and that he was really, as you say, he was re- athletic and pacey and just just much more proactive, I think, than Xhaka. I, I mean, and he, you know, and, and even Sabias. I mean, Sabias has got his has got his um, pluses, hasn't he? But I think he, the two of them, him and Xhaka, are slow, aren't they? I, I feel like pace is not a thing that either of them having, but but. Party, this feels party on El Nenny feels like it could be the future. Are we getting carried away? I don't know, but you, at least we've got this option now in midfield, haven't we? A completely different option. I think it's been quite a few times having there, you know, not least obviously when Jacker was being booed off the pitch, where we thought, you know, is Jacker's role in this team going to diminish? And he he seems to find a a yeah. way back into it. So I I can't help but think, despite what El Nenny's done here, I'm not sure that he remains a fixture in, in the team, you know, how are you going to set up away at Man United in a game where it felt very important to take something um, from yesterday's game? I'm not sure he's necessarily um, g- going to mean that Elneny gets a place back in a, a regular Premier League team, but he has been a strange, um, you know, figure around Arsenal. He's had five like seasons where he's, he's been in and around the club, never played in more than 14 Premier League games for us. And he's just constantly a, in out the team, come on 15, 20 minutes. So to see a complete 90, you know, 90 minutes like that was, was brilliant. And, you know, credit, credit to Arteta, but boy, are you worried that we're all getting like too excited? Like if people are too down after Leicester. Are we, are we too excited? Do we have to be realistic that this is, a, you know, Man United yeah. were not very impressive. I mean, there is that. Yeah. I mean, we have to acknowledge that. Yeah. So, uh, there is the that was that discussion, wasn't there? Which I alluded to the Roy Keane, um, Tim Cahill discussion, Cahill. which was hilarious. Because first of all, um, like Roy at half time, I, I, I we were very positive about how well we played, but there was the fact that we hadn't scored and we hadn't taken advantage of our superiority. And Roy Keane was hailing us at half time. He was like, "Oh, we played brilliantly." He was really I don't I don't even remember. It was like, it was almost like and then. At full time, he was much more massively down on Man United and not re- and being quite reluctant to give us much credit. Whereas Sim Cahill was banging on about how brilliant Arteta, what brilliant job Arteta did in that game and has been doing. And they're mates, obviously. I know they're mates. So there was that brilliant tete-a-tete between them. But Alex, I think, I think, I don't think I'm getting carried away. I just think when this is the, such a historic moment, when you've gone this long without winning at particularly Man United and generally at a top six team, and when we played so well generally all around the pitch, um, even like players like Lacazette, who you could fault for like, you know, 
losing blue possession every now and then and not scoring and all that. But he did so much incredible hard work, didn't he, in the middle of the of the field, coming dropping back and all of that. Just generally, and party being brilliant, and I and tactically, you have to give the manager a huge amount of credit, don't you? So I think I think it's fine to get a little yeah, bit carried away. It's, it's like the same in any game. You know, it's like we lost to Leicester last week. Was it that, you know, people go, well, is it all down to Leicester being brilliant or is it a bit down to us being shit? And it was, you know, it was bit, a bit of both, wasn't it? So, you know, yesterday I kind of looked at it and I was so happy with the way that um, I just felt that we were started to control. We controlled the game. There was a couple of moments where, you know, early on, I know uh, Greenwood had a shot that was saved, but then yeah. apart from that, we kind of really did control it. And I think that's a big thing for us. There's so many games I've seen where we're losing it. We've lost it in the middle. And I felt that yesterday we just, we really controlled it. You know, I thought that Gabriel, even though, I mean, on an, he may have got a second yellow card on another day if a referee was being harsher, but he was superb. And I yeah. felt like kind of, you know, we talk about Arsenal in terms of a spine. We haven't had a spine of a team for so long. And that was the big thing I took from yesterday is I feel that actually for once in the transfer window, we've actually, we've properly bought ourselves a half decent spine. You know, Gabriel's yeah. a really good centre half. Party's brilliant. And I think that these are real kind of causes for optimism. As I said, you know, the one thing you would say is, I mean, still clearly for us sometimes going forward, I still think it, it's not fully clicking. You know, I know that he kind of says about Aubameyang, you know, should be able to, you know, you're getting good positions from the left anyway. But at the same time, I always look at it and think I'd rather he was down the middle every single mm. time. But clearly, you know, I just didn't fancy playing Pepe in a big game like that, which I think says a lot. Um, and yeah, now my know, one could, talking about that, my one, my one, I think the one player for me that had, I don't think had a great game would be William. Like in the first half, I, Orbino put up a stat saying he'd given the ball away like 12 times. So he'd been robbed of the ball about 12 times. His, he had a kind of wild shot, which, Oh, he clipped the bar, didn't it? Clipped, to be fair, clipped the bar. I'm being, I'm, but I'm not a huge fan of winning. I, I don't. I'd rather Pepe. I think the one change I'd make would be Pepe in for him. And I think the one thing about the one thing on. that William does, which I think is why he's kind of getting in over, over Pepe, is he just again he's quite. He, his pressing's really good. Yeah, his pressing. He does. Good, he yeah. does work quite hard, yeah. and it's a weird thing because with Lacazette as well, it's the same at the moment. Is Lacazette isn't you know, you know taking as many chances as what we'd like and things like that. And I mean, in fairness him yesterday, I mean, it did take a little, like it took a nick off Lindelof, that air shot he did. I yes. saw everyone on Twitter going, fucking Lacazette. Textbook Lacazette. And it's like, he was that, you know, they did take it out of his path a, a yeah. little bit in, in fairness. Is, yeah. And I feel like Lacazette is sacrificing a lot for work for the team as the unit. But then I feel like Aubameyang's doing that as well from the left. Yeah. So yeah, completely. I feel that slightly, I, I, you know, I think it will click for us eventually, though. I think they'll get the right formula. They'll they'll get there. And Williams not a terrible player. I oh, think no. that I no, think no, even no. Arteta said the other week, didn't he, that he's not. You know, he's had a couple of difficult games, and he's yeah. not really kind of been at it. And you, you'd hope that that would that would come. 
Yeah, I think like I think the competition between William and Pepe is very close. Like I almost felt like William was um his delivery from corners was as bad as Pepe's was in the previous game. And it was like and he was being robbed of the ball as much as Pepe was. It was almost like a competition between the two of them who can quite not actually see. It's mad what's going on with the corners with us, by the way. Oh my I've god. I've never seen us consistently so bad with so many corners. And Bellerin like... throwing. Another Bellerin fell yeah, throw. It's like if just Spend like I surely there's I I highly doubt Arteta's not getting him to spend time on corners <laughs> oh, on the yeah. training ground. It, it just seems to be the one bit that they're not taking away. And yeah, Bellerin's foul throws. They're infuriating. Stop doing it. Unbelievable, Josh. I, go on. No, I mean what what you've got now, right? I, I was just taking some notes here. There's like no question in my head now about let's say seven of our starting eleven. In Wee's game, right? And I think, you know, Alex alluded to this, we're talking about this spine, but you've got Leno. I say Bellerin is doing enough there where you just think he's, he starts if he's fit. Gabriel, oh, Tierney, Party, Saka, and Abamyang. And, and and then it is just going to be this midfield, like what what goes on and who, you know, who, if it is it Lacazette, Pepe, William. But that, it's quite encouraging. And also for two of those players to be so new into the club and, I, I don't know. Look, Roy Keane was talking, wasn't he, a little bit about comparisons to Patrick Vieira. Martin Keown was incredibly positive about him after, you know, some of the performances um, that he's been giving as well. But to have two players come in who are now just, I don't know, uh, like we all seem to be agreeing should be in our starting eleven had such an impact is is hugely encouraging. And I, I, I'm trying to remember, like, I, I'm as excited about party as I've been about, any new signing, I think, this quickly, right? Like Bamiang, maybe. Yeah. I, I don't yeah. know. Like this is this is exciting. Yeah. Well, Roy Keane did say he literally that he has got what it takes to be the new um, Patrick yeah. Vieira, which I consider to be, you know, I think if- Roy Keane though. Uh, I think there was a moment where he forgot he was Roy Keane, and then he had to remember <laughs> he's Roy Keane, and he's yeah. not allowed to be. It's like I said to you, I tweeted you yesterday, boy, didn't I? And it was yeah. like he's hundred percent the sort of bloke who would be given like a, a picture from his kids that they've done for Father's Day, and he'd tell them that they've, you know, it's not good enough. That's just not the quality yeah. I expect from you. He's that sort of guy. Yeah. And there were a couple of moments I did that thing with Cahill was quite funny. He was like, you're acting like they're Bayern Munich. And there was another was bit that line. really that made me line. laugh about when he criticised the players, uh, or Bamiang for referring to Arteta as Mikel. And he was like, yeah, it's, it's to respect him. It's Gaffer, yeah. Boss, like, you know, but Mikel, and at that moment, he even did break. He, he broke into a smile that um, yeah. Jamie Redknapp picked up on. And sometimes I think he becomes like a little bit of a parody Oh, of himself sometimes, and it, yeah. sometimes I think it, he does it. He does it for effect. But yeah. it made me laugh. It's nice yeah. to hear to see people kind of you know talking about us positively. I mean, yes, I'll be honest with you. I was very surprised that I thought United would be a lot better second half, and for the first yeah. like ten minutes of the second half, they were they were a little bit better. But Christ, after that, it was just I was so surprised at the end of the game that their whole thing was lump it lump it long to, to Maguire and like at the back post and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. But I think Cahill had a good point, which was, he was making the point, wasn't he? That, um, which I've been, you you know, I think 
the problem is to, to some extent the manager i just don't think he is good enough i don't think he's smart enough i think i don't think he's inspirational enough and they're so variable man united that you know and i, I think chelsea is a bit the same with frank lampard as well I, I i don't think either of those managers are as going to be as consistently impactful and clever as our manager well, and I, I, think, I think you know i looked I look at it yesterday and okay for as bad as united were it's like we really did put them under pressure when oh, yeah. they had the ball. The pressing was superb. And, you know, a while ago when we got beat by Liverpool at Anfield, I mean, that was as good as I've seen Liverpool play for, like, yeah, even absolutely. as good as Liverpool. It was like they were unreal. And we just, no matter what we did, we just didn't have any time on the ball. And, yeah, OK, we, were, we weren't we were fully at it as much as you like. But at the end of the day, you go, you have to give credit to Liverpool. And I felt that kind of, you know, we we put ourselves to a higher standard yesterday. And that, that to me, is cause for optimism. The amount of games that have passed us by, you know, the amount of times I've seen, you know, I know he's kind of out on loan, but, you know, I'd seen the ball pass Guendouzi by and would they bypass our midfield so easily. Oh, it was yeah. insane. Yeah. That, trans- was that was a transformation. Nuts. Yeah. yeah we it, suddenly were playing through the middle yesterday for the first time in like months, weren't we? Yeah. yeah. Which obviously is down to... And look, I, I, I do think we're, we're missing someone with some, with a slight killer final pass, yeah. I'm not like pretend I don't think we are, but the rest of it seems to be getting there. And I, you Partey, know, Partey's passing is pretty brilliant, isn't it? He, yeah. he went one or two like long, some long balls which were which were brilliantly accurate. I mean, I think he's he's kind of more creative than I think in that in that Vieira sense that he's incredibly powerful and he can tackle and all of that. But actually, he can also launch a pretty fucking good pass as well. So I just think he's he's a bit of an all round. Triumph. Yeah, no, I'll be honest, I'll look at us, you know, last week against Esther, as I said, that game, you know, I felt that it was ours for the take, and we didn't take the chances that we had, and, you know, we should have had a goal, and, you know, even Man City away, I still felt that, you know, yeah. we had we had a couple of decent chances, and that, again, you probably could have got a draw there, Yeah. And I, you know, I don't feel like, you know, I know everyone's going, you've lost three games, but to me, the two that, two of the three that we've lost, I felt... Yeah, Roy Keane was going on and on yeah, about that. Gone, yeah, gone slightly the other way, and yeah. it feels does feel like the day's just going and getting humped. Yes, Might we don't actually look be like... Over. That is key, isn't it? We never look, we're the only team in the whole league now, bearing in mind those incredible, like, multi goal defeats that Liverpool have had um, and City had. We're the only, we've got the best defence in the league, and we're the only team that looks like we never, we're not susceptible. I mean, you know, obviously, I'm saying this, and probably this weekend we'll probably be thumped 5 0 or something. But, Josh, right now, the whole idea that, that, um, that Arteta has established this very, very solid setup. Albeit, maybe it is some to some degree the expense of creativity, but fucking hell, it, years and years and years, every time anyone wins the league, it's proven that a defence comes first. And that's what he's doing. He's, and he, he, I think we have to hail that. I mean, I know people are going to say we're getting carried away, but I think that is a massive achievement. It, it is a massive achievement. And you've got situations where he's had to change the pairings or the three so regularly, and yet... He's managed to make us the team that have let in least Premier League goals. Uh, and you saw it with the game yesterday. Rob Holding was rumoured that he would struggle to make the game, barely trained. They found a way to, to get him in. And, you know, he was really excellent. You know, of course, Gabriel was excellent. Elneny was excellent. So he's not going to be, you know, contender possibly for man of the match. But, you know, what was terrific. And if he is able to, you know, make us as solid as this without you know, with having to chop and change the, the team and we've had what David Luiz has been in and out. Jack has been, you know, dropping in and out. 
I think it was interesting to go with a Rob Holding where he wasn't obviously 100% ahead of Mustafi. That probably gives us an idea of of what's going on there. And, you know, we also have other defenders, you know, who are out injured at the minute to come back, uh, Pablo Mari. So I, I don't know. It'd be interesting uh, exactly what he does. But, um, yeah, to be, what are we now, seven games in, conceded seven goals. When you look at the fixtures we've had to go to at Liverpool, at City and at United, you'd have... You'd have probably grabbed that, and now we just got to, you know, look forward to, in theory, uh, you know, a run of games where, you know, we well, need this is to a big keep test, in isn't touch, it, mate. This is a big test for us now, for all the optimism, you know, to string a few results together. Because as I said we have had three defeats this season. So it's kind of been stop, start, stop, start. You know, if they can go on from this and and win a few on the bounce, then then I think that's. When, but that would be the real test. If they go and get lose another one in a couple of games or and stuff like that, then you're like, ah, oh, it's kind of, it's going to be a lot of a harder kind of road back. But I think everyone's behind him. I think the players are buying into it. This is the difference. You know, I've, I've watched us in the last couple of years and I've just thought, I've got no idea what we're trying to do. And I don't think the players do either. Whereas now I do feel yeah. that, that, that certainly everyone's kind of bought into it. And those who don't, don't play. Simple yeah, oh, completely. We do. We in in. Sorry, Josh. Yeah, we're going to say no. I, I just are you, are you either of you a bit worried about like what would we be like if we had like a inform version of Lacazette or alternative, and if we could respend seventy two million pound on a a player going forward who would just come in and, and be flying, then it doesn't like we, we'd almost be like contenders, wouldn't we? We're now at a point where that th- that front seven, as it were, the goalie defensive field, we we know what we're doing. But I think our our pitfall this year is is going to be whether or not we make top four is is going to be what happens, you know, going forward, definitely. And you know, but it's a, we wouldn't be, you know, people talk about getting worried about Tottenham because Tottenham put a few results together and scored a few goals yeah. and they they stuck a load past United. But you know, we're not that. Well, not uh, to me. I don't, you know. Obviously, I'm extremely biased, but it's you know, I don't see us being that far off of of that standard. Like, you know, really. And I think that if we get a few results together, you'll st- soon start seeing us. You know, I think we'll probably get closer to the kind of the top two of the table, and then who knows? You know, I've not really a put. I've not really fought a great deal of like City this year. I don't think they're particularly amazing. I don't think United are any up to much. Tottenham are like a decent enough, but again, yes, they that you know they could have easily, you know, drawn that game. Yeah, and they were lucky. Know, yeah, and I, and Brighton I think, were, yeah, Brighton were robbed of a penalty yesterday. And, Tottenham, the, the whole Harry Kane, you know, that this fucking annoying thing he's doing with his bending down when someone tries to beat him in the air. And just, I think, I think you make a really good point about about our rivals because, you know, people look at that Tottenham attack and then look at Son and Kane you know, and Gareth Bale coming on. I know he scored, but they only had three shots on target yesterday against Brighton at home. And we had, I think, three shots on target against Man United away. There isn't, as you say, and in theory, as Josh says, we've got Lacazette, not in particularly great form, certainly when it comes to scoring, and Williams slash Pepe, who, are, you know, we're not sure which of them is going to come up with a good. So, uh, yeah, I agree. I, I, I think only Liverpool, really, already top of the league, you know, with all their injuries, are have kind of, have or any kind of consistent form, and even they lost huge by. No, so I, I think it's watching, really. Open. I was watching the Premier League years randomly from last season, and the goal that Lacazette scored at home to Tottenham, okay. where he kind of took a touch and absolutely rifled it home. And you know that he hasn't really been. He's we're talking about not 
being on fine, fine, great form. He hasn't been for ages. No. Yeah. He hasn't really, but at the moment he is putting a lot of work in for the team. And as you know, I don't, I've got no problems with Nketiah, but if it's a choice, I'd still rather, you know, Lacazette started at, uh, out yeah, of the I two. I, I just sometimes wish, you know, I don't know whether eventually he might end up going with Saka Albamiang and, and uh, William. Okay. I don't know. Or William, yeah. Or, or, yeah. You know, who, would be, that, who would be your front three? Who would you pick as your ideal front three? Well, it's, it, I, probably it would be Saka, Albamiang, and I mean one of like yeah, William probably. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, I mean it's, that's William could get into get into form, you know. And as I said, you know, Pepe scored a brilliant goal against Sheffield United, and even the other day against Dundalk, he scored a well, absolute yeah. world class goal on his right foot. And he's so again, he's one of those players who's so frustrating. And sadly, at the moment, I don't think we can afford to have players who dip in and out. And I don't think Arteta has got kind of you know patience for that. He needs people who are, can function within the team. And I think he looks at it, and no matter what we kind of say about Lacazette, he still provide. He does a role within the team. He, yeah. You know, at the very least, he's properly closing down and and stuff like that. As frustrating as it is sometimes, because he does. His hold-up play isn't great, I must say. Yeah. We'll talk more about the game. We'll talk more about um, uh, upcoming games. Um, I want to ask about the Ozil um, tweeting situation and um, uh, more after this break. If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct, something that's less Mr Bean and more Steve McQueen, check out the range of bikes from London-based Cooler King. From dope 250-watt city bikes to Harley Bobber-inspired 750-watt beasts that can tear your face off while leaving your smile intact. Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers, yet highly affordable. Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike. Cooler.bike. E-bikes that are cool AF. And we're back from the break. Um, in, in the weekly Urzel slot, we should acknowledge the fact that he's now... Live tweeting every game, and 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 today I don't know if you saw Alex that he uh, tweeted out a poll about the U.S. presidential election. Did he? Yeah, yeah. If you look, Jesus um, yeah, he's like, he's, he's, I did he's, not know that he tweeted oh, yeah. out a poll. What was what was he's it? Just golden. a straightforward, just a straightforward. Trump who would you Biden. like to win? Yeah, Who's Biden and Trump. Who's yeah, man no, of the match? Yeah, who's going to be man of the match? Biden did he or do Trump? Do a prediction as well. No, he hasn't done a prediction. Who thinks yet. the goal scorers are going to be? <laughs> um, wow, exactly he's God. really uh, yeah. He's mad. Did, did you vote on the uh, poll just so you could see what Meza Ozil's audience was thinking? Um, do you know what I didn't? Um, but could I you did. go? Oh, go yes. on, Anz. Well, what do you all. reckon? What do you reckon? Meza okay. Ozil's fan okay. base. Um, he's had nearly one hundred eighty thousand votes. What do you reckon? What percentage buys oh, and what percentage Trump? This is very interesting. Right. I'm glad you asked this. I'm going to guess, um, I'm going to guess Biden ahead about 66% to Trump's 33, 34%. Oh, 
I see. I'd have thought it was different. I'd have thought because they're little, they're little fanboy, little fanboy helmets that follow um, Ozil. <laughs> yeah. All yeah. these little wankers have got umlauts in their fucking username. <laughs> so I think that uh, yeah, I'd I'd probably suggest that they they they're the sort who go Trump by <laughs> about sixty forty. Ooh. What was it, Josh? This is a good game. Boyd, you're extraordinarily close. It was sixty seven point four percent Biden. Amazing. <sighs> So oh, you well. know Mesut Ozil's following uh, remarkably yeah. well. Um, yeah, I, do you know why? Yeah. I, I think because I think Trump is regarded generally by Muslims around the world as being a, a, a massive bigot racist. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like you're on a topical weekly news entertainment program. We've got a US election special on Friday. Yeah, but... At least I'll be able to provide something. Like, I'll tell you what, but you, tell you, you did call this. Meza Ozil's fans. So they called it on Twitter on Monday. <laughs> Can't wait for that. Does that mean you have to stay up all night tomorrow and watch it? That's it, balls. <laughs> Absolutely not. The first, when they, I don't want to get away from football too much, but when they asked me the other week what I thought about the US election, my reaction at the meeting was, couldn't give a shit. We've got enough going on here. I'm not going to start getting upset by what's going on over there. And the analogy I used was, I'm not going to watch the couple over the road having a row in the street if I'm also sleeping in the spare room. <laughs> and it kind of made sense, but doesn't really. But that, that was my brilliant. attitude. But, um, yeah. That is brilliant. Now you've got like a two-hour lecture special on Friday. To, 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 yeah. Um, so, but yeah, what, what do you make of the General Earl tweeting situation? I think that he's clearly, obviously he's got a social media company that runs it for him um i've kind of you know i've I'm, I'm obsessed with kind of the stuff that's gone on with him with offering to pay uh gunasaurus's wages to pay jerry's wages and all of that stuff i it got really messy didn't it for a while there and uh, it does the only thing that frustrates me sometimes is with it is the fact that regardless of what you think on the situation it's like he tweets sometimes when it when he was left out the squads. They tweeted as if he just found out, as if he had no. He's like, oh, I'm so disappointed. I've been working so hard in training. It's like he knew he's known for a long, long time that he that's him done. That's what they tried. They tried to get rid of him. Yeah, it, like he knows full well he was never going to be in those squads. He chose to stay, and that is well within his prerogative. And that's not me giving an opinion on the situation, but that's what he chose to do. So it's like, don't act like you're surprised all of a sudden when you get dropped from all the squads, because you bloody knew you would. You absolutely. And yeah. And I I think that they kind of, yeah, play to a certain audience, but it is, it was weird when he first started tweeting or someone started tweeting for him during the games. It's, yeah, it's it's slightly odd. Yeah. Yeah, I just feel like Josh. He's just kind of keeping his this fan base as, as uh, happy. All the, as you, these um, as Alex calls them, these the umlaut <laughs> named named um, idiots <laughs> who are uh, all of them. Yeah, no. but for whom it is definitely Özil FC rather than Arsenal FC. They're much more they're much more interested in him than they are the, the club, aren't they? And he's just kind of keeping them happy with this with this nonstop tweeting. It's quite, in a way, it's quite sweet, but equally, it's quite it's a bit embarrassing as well, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's embarrassing for everyone involved. I mean, there is something quite interesting about a footballer that doesn't play football. I think I think it'd be a good documentary. I wonder yeah. if anyone is just like following him like this season, like one of the world's most famous football names who has to go into training every day. Presumably, otherwise he'll be fine. So if he doesn't want to, if he does want his wages, he has to at least turn up for work effectively. 
Yeah, he's often in the background of those like. Or, and you, if you watch Obama yeah. um Instagram videos, he's often like in the background, looking quite happy. Like you know, that, that kind of. Yeah, he's do, doing his weights. Do it, you know, yeah. putting that up on it on his Twitter. He has to do training, and it's not like being injured where you know psychologically you you you're going to be back involved at some point like this, this is the end the, the contract is up and he's not in the squad it's such a peculiar situation for us to arrive in um I, it would be i i suspect it would uh it would rival was it rival amazon prime's efforts of covering spurs do you think just uh would you want to be covering boyd a documentary on ozil between now and the end of the season I think Alex is right. It would be fascinating to have a documentary about him, though. There would be a lot of playing that um, computer game, wouldn't there? What's that? What's the one he's obsessed with? Um, uh, Fortnite, isn't he? He's a huge Fortnite obsessive. Yeah, isn't he? He's got time on his hands, hasn't he? So yeah. he's like, <laughs> yeah, you know I mean, he's got loads of time to play. I, I, you should try and get him on the pod. Oh, I'd is love it? to get him on the pod. I, I want no one has yet asked him. I know I go on about this a little bit, and, and people slag me off. I get a lot of shit when I mention this, but I'm going to mention it again because he's got his whole charity thing going on and the whole and he was brilliant about mentioning the Ugar Muslims in China etc but he's got this friendship with Erdogan who is an absolute ruthless um you know populist dictator effectively and his best man at his wedding he wasn't just at his wedding he was fucking his best man he was his best man at the wedding and no one as far as I can make out I know that I didn't I didn't need to put the fucking in the middle of that um but no one as far as he I can was make his out best ever, man at the wedding uh, yeah I tell you what, somebody should have filmed a speech. God knows what that would have been like. <laughs> if you're worried about your Laugh usual best man cracking gags, blimey. But no one, I've never seen him, uh, I've been asked about that. I've seen, that, like, I think um, Ornstein interviewed him at one point and kind of just a bit almost referred to it, but didn't really get a proper questioning about it. I, I'd love to see someone. So for me, it's worth making this fucking documentary that we're fantasizing about, just to have him pinned down about that. What you, you know, and I've been told on Twitter by by you know people saying oh it's it's cultural and you know he has to support the president of his country of his you know ethnic origin so I'm saying no he doesn't I mean that's just not true you know he doesn't have to have his best man you know not every footballer of the same of the same ethnic origin has Erdogan as their best man only Erzil as far as I'm aware anyway we'll move on from that controversial topic except Josh wants to say something go on well no there, there was an article I did see on the mail online today that he had joined like a venture capital fund and there was some very generic statement from him talking about sort of planning for life after football while remaining it while remaining actively in football so he, he was very clearly not not retiring um, but you know, potentially making some plans there for for life after football. Yeah, such a weird situation. It's such a mess, a messy situation that we've we've kind of found ourselves in with it. It's the sort of thing where you know people kind of say, well, the Arsenal way of doing things is kind of done and dusted, but it's just messy from both sides. You know, it, it the, you know the start as I said, the stuff when he started offering to pay wages and stuff like that. It was done purely to piss off the club. And, you know, it was just stuff like that. It just got so messy. Yeah. I mean, the most surreal one of all, I think, was when Arsenal put out a tweet about our German midfielder has been busy on social media tonight. <laughs> yeah. It was yeah. like, I can't, I'm, I've lost track of who's trolling who now. I like, know. Are we, do we know it's embarrassing? So we're making it equally embarrassing. Like, well, what is going on here? Um, yeah. what, we, we Just, boy, briefly, obviously, we've got the, the, the sad news, really, about a new national lockdown. And it, it feels like this ballot that we went into as season ticket holders just becomes ever more 
you oh, know, yeah. un- unnecessary. Um, I, yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. I'd like gave yeah, about the yeah. 200 something yeah. quid to go into the ballot. 450 quid I want back. Jesus. <laughs> Arsenal making a huge about... amount of interest on our money, yeah. Alex. Yeah, I've completely for- I've forgotten that yeah. you had. And isn't it? And they're having a meeting, I believe, Premier League having a meeting about this fucking 1495 scandal per game, pay per view. And I think yeah. someone, one of the clubs, is saying we've got to. Season ticket holders like us who've paid good money already on uh, kind of for our season tickets with the hope that we get to go to we, we, we're being totally ripped off having to pay 15 quid to watch I think, our, what, um, I think that's what Celtic Celtic and Rangers right. have done. I'm sure Kevin Bridges told me the other week when he was on last leg that they kind of they get access to all of their games as kind of I'm sure that's what well, I don't know whether he paid extra but I know he's a Celtic season ticket holder and he's they, they kind of you access them all, yeah all of the ones that aren't on telly through the site. Uh, And what is interesting is obviously clubs are like Arsenal um, online media is, is what it is. I think, I I think they would probably admit they don't spend fortunes in terms of the style. It's, it's green screen. It's quite straightforward. Um, You know, they don't have a listers on there with all the respect in the, in the world. A lot of clubs have really now invested money in their like match day programming that they're doing yeah. to, to give the fans something uh, additional. And like, I love Adrian Clark. We love, we love having him on, but it, it is funny that it's still like Arsenal football club and it's like Adrian at home. And that's what, you know, they are delivering to their worldwide audience when we cannot be in the stadium. I'm just a bit surprised they haven't, you know, tried to up the game. And do you know what? Put your hand in the pocket. Let's make sure Wrighty is with there for one game. We and we have an hour, and it's fans. It, you know, a bit more that mm-hmm. they could possibly be doing during this sort of strange period that I've seen other clubs have been doing. Yeah, I know what you mean. I think, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think you're right. Yeah, it's a shame. But, but I think the real scandal is the pay per view. And our next game, the, the, our next home game on Sunday is, is on that annoying Sunday evening slot. Ah, um, uh, Villa in it. Villa at home, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean that that's that's that shouldn't be a pay per view game at all. People are saying, oh, it's only the shit games, but that's a that's a massive game, you know. With uh, and it, it's fucking disgrace. I'm sorry, <laughs> it makes me really happy. But how, it's seven fifteen after putting the kids to bed. Alex, is that a good or a bad time? Because four thirty, <laughs> I can imagine, is quite a difficult one on a Sunday. Um, yeah, no, uh, actually, do you know what? On last Sunday when we played Leicester, uh, my. My youngest, they it was kind of their bath time, so I managed to get out of doing that. But my youngest walked in and asked me um, who I was shouting at, and it was <laughs> Alex. She didn't know who Alex Lacazette was, but she does now. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's is is an odd, is a it's an okay time. It gets me out of out of stuff. But, oh, that's um, good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it is like the the, the pay per view thing is. I just think is a bit much. That was the one good thing about the first lockdown when it came back and you yeah. had like all of the football. Oh, it was. It brilliant. was just like yeah. just consume all of the football. Kind of yeah. gets you through it. Yeah, exactly. Alex, Alex, did you pay for our game that was on pay per view? And are you going to pay on Sunday? Did our balls and am our balls? Absolutely no. <laughs> no, I'm not. You are not. I know. Balls. I know. People that go, oh, he's. I'm telling you, he's being tight. It's a principle. It's a principle. Yeah, yeah. Also, my mate sent me a, a really good streaming website now, which is half decent. So. <laughs> Streams are doing a fucking blinder of business, aren't they? <laughs> it's the first one in years. It's like it, it's on the money every time. So. Oh, that's good. That's good. 
so, I get them free, so yeah. I, I'm all right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Boyd, I forgot about this yeah. like, perk that you have. As yeah, a, it's a massive perk. Yeah. They send round some sort of crisps and nuts for you to enjoy while you're watching your free pay-per-view. I won't go that far. I won't go that far. Although I have got so many freebie boxes for like shows. This Because um, all, all, all pub PRs, TV PRs have got to do at the moment is organise gift boxes for their shows to, so in the hope that TV journalists you know, promote them. So I've done like, I've got loads of them, Truth Seekers and... You got um, a Mandalorian one the Mandalorian. other day. I was yeah. jealous of that one. Yeah, I was jealous. One's By the way, good. if you are after crisps and whatnot, I've just done a little uh, advert for McCoy's Mooch Show. It's a different oh, show nice. to him. So Very just nice. to let you. Brilliant. <laughs> well, I'm a He's just done an ad for like some kind of excellent like Bramble Gin or something. I'm looking forward to a bottle of that. Just let you know, yes, Josh. No, I was going to say send send the McCoys down. Definitely, I, I was in. I was actually doing a bit of work with uh, Ray Parlin. We were in one of these sort of one of the big PR companies' offices on the the week of the Tottenham uh, documentary being done. I couldn't believe these boxes. I'm like, who are they being sent to? They're yeah, like, yeah. yep, TV journalists. I mean, these were. Did you get one? Did you get one of the Tottenham Amazon Prime? Boxes? I didn't only because I told them that I wasn't going to go to their press day because I couldn't bear being in the vicinity of Tottenham. So, I, 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 yeah, I shot myself in the foot there. Just on um, all or nothing. I found it really interesting. The amount of people are like, how can you even sit and watch that? They're like, how can you yeah. sit and watch hours yeah. of television about Tottenham? And it's like, well. I'll watch a documentary on Netflix about some geezer in America who killed his kids. It doesn't mean like I'm I'm a child killer. Do you know what I mean? It's just Jose like, Marino, like, pretty much. Yeah. yeah, it's just you know I watch a documentary you know about pedos, but it's yeah. it's not. Doesn't mean I have to be into it. No. <laughs> I'm glad you made that clear. Um, uh, but you're right. I watched it as well. Oh yeah, I did watch it. I didn't go to the press day, but I did watch it. Yeah, and it was fascinating. Well, it's great. It was, yeah, like, pretty fascinating. We should. We should mention, obviously, we haven't really spoken about the Dundalk. And I, I don't know there's huge amounts to, to say other than what Alex mentioned about the brilliant goal, you have to say, from Pepe. Uh, but for four, 40 minutes, it, it wasn't too inspiring. But two out of two in Europe. What, what I am hoping is that we, if we are, let's say, through after, you know, four games pretty much, then, you know, to, to give a load of, you know, young young players. Because this season more than ever... We, we are going to have to like rotate, right? And if we could just know that in that game five and six in the Europa League, we're going to have a bit of breathing space when we've got league games, you know, coming thick and fast. Well, he I made a lot of good. changes, didn't he, on, on first yeah. Like Willock played and actually yeah. played quite well, um, albeit against not amazing opposition. With all due respect to Dundalk, um, you know, I, I was obsessed with their goalkeeper. He just kept looking. He looked oh, he was just amazing. like he looked yeah. like a landlord at your local. <laughs> He, he just he had that look about him and I was yeah. obsessed with him but yeah like Willock played well he wasn't even in the squad yesterday was he no. and everyone was like a few people were saying Willock's got a start because he kind of you know he'd had such a good game on Thursday yeah. and um, you know I think that we've got options there and there's players coming back you know Smith Rowe and, and people like, you know Chambers is back in full training now isn't he and he's going to need games and you know I, personally I, I don't mind seeing you know, I'll tell you what, no goalkeeper will ever have an easier debut than Renison in that game. Oh, I know, I know. That, there were two interesting things about that game. One was, um, what, the goal was incredible, wasn't it? And the, what, what he did with his foot, with his boot over the ball and all of that was was kind of like magic, wasn't it? From, from Pepe. Um, showing you what he can do if he's capable of it. His technique can be spectacular. Albeit he was very frustrating in the first half, you know, with his wayward deliveries and all of that. But then Dundalk did not commit one foul, did they? They didn't, they didn't, they were, that which was pretty incredible. Arsenal well, one, committed, like, they didn't have one given. Given, exactly. That's what I mean. Yeah, officially, <laughs> well, no, officially. Yeah. I mean, officially they didn't commit one foul. There was quite a few there where I was just like, come on. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. The other, actually, there was another interesting thing, Josh, which was that at the end of the game, Arteta's um, post-match interview, even against Zondalk, the thing he was most proud of that he said was how organised and solid Arsenal were. And I think that's so interesting. I think that is, again, you know, to reiterate the point, whatever team he picks... They're used to this formation now, and they're used to these tactics. So he tweaked it a little bit. He tweaks it a bit. But no matter which players are playing, they've all, they all know what they're supposed to be doing. And I think that is so, so important. He, you know, even against Dundalk, he takes it seriously. And he, they all and people are complaining, oh, even against Dundalk, we're not... People are saying, oh, we shouldn't have played five at the back. I know the um, the, the co-commentator was saying that, you know. Why are we playing that that that, that formation, even against Dundalk? Well, I think I think that's what you want. I think that's what I want from uh, our manager right at the moment, is, is, cons- is consistently sticking to it. And, and the creativity will then hopefully come. Yeah, you know, he had a system. I think I agree with you. The commentator, the co-commentator, I can't remember who it was, but then even Jake Humphrey at halftime was pushing this yeah, yeah, rather negative, like, oh, for 40 minutes, Arsenal couldn't break them down as if it was, like, the hugest upset in world football. But, you know, I'll tell you, it's rare these games end up, like, 6, 7, 8 nil, right? Like, to, to get to halftime, be a couple of goals up and, yeah. you know, get a goal early. Karen Carney was the Karen Carney who's good who I really like I think he's brilliant actually who I really like but I I think they were just a a little bit bit tough because Dundalk had so many people behind the the ball Uh, I mean it was you know eight nine people behind the ball and that is hard to break down but yeah their goalie was 39 right I mean yeah incredible what did you just I know we've got to wrap up but what what did you think about this uh, Peter Cech potentially being the fourth choice goalkeeper you know, coming out, registering to be in a Premier League. I mean, could you believe Peter Checkers in a Premier League squad and Meza Ozil isn't? You know, what, what, what have we arrived at? It's, yeah. Mate, it's 2020. It's, <laughs> it's like, it's just, it's it's madness. But do you know what though? Knowing Peter Check, I bet you he's still keeping himself fit. And worse comes to worse, you'd still have him. I'll tell you what, I, speaking of goalkeepers, City had Scott Carson on the bench the other day. I've completely <laughs> forgotten about him. And then he ends up on the bench for City at the weekend. And I was just like, what is going on? Yeah, incredible. (laughs) If Edison gets injured, Scott Carson's going to come on. And it was just like, yeah. yeah. It is brilliant entertaining. I think Kepa is so, it's brilliant entertaining how absolutely shit he is and how expensive he was and how they do not trust him in any way whatsoever. And that's why we ended up with the Czech situation. I think it's That's why, just with Premier League goalkeepers at the moment, like I know Everton took pick the other day. And it's like, I really do think that Villa got a decent deal for Martinez. A great deal, yeah. Like, you know, I think they'll look and go, you know, he's pretty solid, isn't he? So Definitely. Before we do our our, um, climactic predictions for the next two games, I have to ask you, Alex, if you've read the Wenger book. I haven't read the Wenger book yet. My my brother bought it for me, um, but I haven't read it yet. Um, It's hard now because obviously I'm going to start it but all I've heard is like people going, oh, he doesn't really give away enough, and so, and it's kind of like it's, oh, it's a tough. It's a oh, is this is this uh, like CBB story time? Josh is showing us his copy. The kids are downstairs. Let me put this on speaker if we're going to read a bit because I can get out the story <laughs> now. I mean, to be honest, Alex, they'll fall asleep very quickly if you start <laughs> reading them this book. Well, uh, basically, I have come away for for a couple of days, so I brought it with me, and I was just reading a little bit by the pool earlier, and. I mean, I, I know the bar wasn't sent so high because I've read all the reviews of people like saying it wasn't great. But if I can just read for 30 seconds here, um, 
I have another memory that is a good illustration of this hoping for victory. I would often spend hours in the fields with a farmer who let me work alongside him or who would take a rest while I gave him a hand. His name was Adolf Kocher. We talked football. We discussed the team's disappointing results. We went back over the match. One day he claimed he was a brilliant player himself and that with him on board, the team was going to dazzle, that we'd be victorious at last. You'll see, kid. I'll play in the next match. I spent the following few days waiting for the next match, imagining how he would play, dreaming of the goals he'd score. But he had lied to me. He didn't play in the next match. Uh, and I, 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 I'm on page 29. It hasn't got a whole lot better, but I'm hopeful for the next couple of hundred pages. What's interesting is that um, I was talking, when, when I, I've read it, and when, when the book came out, um, I was saying how my initial excitement just at the final arrival of the Arsene Wenger book slightly kind of, you know, I, I was almost too positive about it. But because it is pretty boring and pretty dull, as as that excerpt will 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 prove. But it's doing really well. It's selling very very well. It's number two in the Sunday Times bestseller list. It's beating like huge big stars, um, like Piers Morgan and um, Philip Schofield and all, all the big celebrity biographies. It's basically number the best, the biggest selling celebrity autobiography of the season at the currently as it stands. Because it's only beaten by another kind of um, runaway bestseller. So the risk, the gamble from the publisher that even though Arsene Wenger is not revealing anything hardly of interest at all in this fucking book, it doesn't matter because all. All Arsenal fans are buying it, and you know I, they're buying. I, I know everyone said, "Ah, oh, well, he was all. He's all. One thing you know about him is he's is a class act, and he never kind of rose to debate with Mourinho. Uh, and he was. Why would he now suddenly do it in a book? But I honestly believe that. I don't know. Given the amount of hassle that he had towards the end uh, of his tenure at Arsenal, I honestly thought that if there was. I don't know that, you know, I, there were times when I've always thought it can't have all just been down to him. There must've been stuff going on behind the scenes and, and things like that. And I honestly thought that would probably be the sort of thing that kind of comes out in the book, a bit of honesty about some of the deals we missed out on whose fault it was and stuff like that. And it's yeah. just, it touches on some of those things a little bit, but in a very much, you have to read between the lines situation. So there are moments where it kind of like alludes to, like you know, people reasons why certain deals didn't happen, but it is frustrating. You've got to bear in mind that all to me, all football books uh, or autobiographies are kind of judged by the standard of Roy Keane's when he openly oh, yeah. admitted deliberately doing <laughs> yes. Alfie Garland, and it's you know. When I read that, when I just finished school, it's one of the most astonishing things I've ever read. That, that is incredible. level of openness you don't really get these no. days. Unbelievable, yeah. Unbelievable admission, yeah. Right, now we've got, we're running out of time. Got to do predictions quickly. So we've got Mould, Molder, Mould at home in the Europa on Thursday and Villa at home in the league on Sunday. Two predictions each. Josh, what do you reckon? Yeah, I think... I think we will win both of these matches, Boyd. I am in buoyant mood after the victory at Old Trafford. Uh, I think we can win 2-0, and then we will go and win uh, 2-1 at Villa Park. That's what I'm going for. What about you, Alex? It's at home. It's at home. Let go. You are entirely correct, Boyd. Uh, You don't don't need to change your prediction. Alex? 2-1. 2-0 and 2-1. Excellent. I think that we'll probably do mould a 3-1. And then I think we'll beat Villa 2-0. Nice. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go for a big four one against Mold Mulder. And um uh, I might go for a three one against Villa. I've gone crazy. I've gone way too optimistic. Um 
seven goals in a week. Seven goals. I don't know why the fact they're going to come from. Yeah, <laughs> I've gone bottom mad. Yeah, I don't know. Um, Alex, it's been brilliant. Um, everyone should watch you on the last leg election special on Friday. Yeah, no, I've doing, been doing my research. So yeah, Friday, t- <laughs> ten <laughs> o'clock, an hour and a half special on US election with your US oh, politics. We may or may here. not know who the next president's going to be. We may not even know. I mean, no, nah, exactly. Yeah, it's, um, yeah. yeah, that's going to be a real toughie for the show if we don't. Yeah, <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I'll, you know, probably if I was you, tune into the first. If there's no result, tune into the first forty-five minutes because God knows what we'll do for the last full, for the second <laughs> half. Can't wait. And Josh, thank Alex. you very much in Ascot. Yes, you're very welcome, Alex. Please get in about what Mezzel Ozil's fans predicted. It, you know, just just get it involved. Just go, well, I did see the 67%. Yeah, because everyone always talks Ozil's about the fans. polls. Everyone yeah. yes. talks about the polls, but who's ahead? I'm going to be like, well, according to the polls I've seen, Mezzel Ozil on yeah. Twitter, like, yeah. Biden should have won this comfortably. So, uh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> well, hopefully by this time next week, there'll be a proper human being as president of the United States is my final observation. Um, thanks, Alex. Thanks, Josh. Bye. Wasn't that a great podcast? Now, if you've got 90 seconds spare in your day, come and listen to ours. It's called What Has He Said Now? and is available wherever you got this podcast. You're going to lose a number of people to the flu. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.